Hello and welcome to the Paradise Found podcast with me, Jane Edwards. This is a podcast where I interview comedians and creatives about their favourite documentary. My name is Jane Edwards and I'm a writer, comedian and actor who just happens to love documentaries. So I was really thrilled to find so many other people who love them too. This episode, I got the chance to sit down with HTML Jones, who is a rapper, comedy writer and interview gremlin. We talked about the film Matangi Maya MIA, the 2018 documentary about MIA. This film by Stephen Loveridge follows her journey from a refugee fleeing Tamil persecution in Sri Lanka to being an activist and pop star, drawing on her culture and influencing a new generation of music. HTML Jones is Tamil themselves while also being a musical artist, so I felt really lucky to be speaking to someone about this film who has such a personal link to it. Now, my partner Barnaby actually listens to all the first draft edits of these podcasts. Shout out to Barnaby. And they listen to this one very late at night because of my poor time management. And when they finished, they stopped, stared at me and were like, it's absolutely brilliant. So I hope that you all enjoy it as much as that. Here we go. HTML Jones, Matangi, Maya, MIA. I usually fuck up this intro like a couple of times. <laughs> oh no, I, I always fuck up whenever I do an intro, it's all good. <laughs> it's you got to get into the flow of it, you know? It's like... This is it, I'm warming up, I'm getting into mm. proper times. Um, okay, so I am joined today by uh, HTML Jones, who's here to talk to us about Matangi Maya MIA. Um, HTML Jones, why did you choose this film? Thank you very much for having me. I chose this film because I am biased towards Sri Lankan Tamils because I am one so I had that personal connection to it but aside from the ethnological connection there I was also just really interested by it because I love the music of MIA mm. uh big up MIA auntie I don't agree with your <laughs> anti-bag shit <laughs> yeah of course of course I'd be surprised if she wasn't and I mean I assume I assume there's gonna be like DM to her uh, of course. But I really resonate with a lot of the themes of this documentary. Like, aside from just, like, the history of, like, the Sri Lankan Tamil Civil War and her experience growing up in both the UK and Sri Lanka, there's also the experience of being an outsider to this culture. There's a really good point in the film where she's talking with her relatives about how she isn't really Sri Lankan Tamil because she hasn't spent that time in the conflict, that time in the war zone. And I feel very similar because I've grown up my entire life in the UK. Um, I'm also mixed, like my dad isn't Tamil, so I have a much more looser connection to like that kind of like culture and that sort of heritage than other Tamils, but making kind of like my piece of that and still kind of being politically active regardless, because it's a conflict and struggle that is worthy of attention anyway for anyone, um, has been kind of like mm. a process that I've had to do as I've gotten older. and you get to see MIA really do this in her film. So it's kind of like looking into the future, but also the past because it's like in 2000. It's, it's, the film goes over 1978 to like from when, when she was born all the way up to 2016. So it's quite an expansive film. Yeah, I was so surprised at how much it covered. I thought it would just be like another music documentary and it would just be mm. about music. Because as I was saying to you before we started recording, I had no idea... I know nothing about MIA. I know Paper Planes. 
I know bad girls do it well. And I it's was... a banger. Those are bad bangers. Though, <laughs> yeah, so this is it. That's so, fine. <laughs> I'm tuned into that, but I had I and like Tamil Tigers. I really had hmm. no idea that she had this connection to. Um, yeah, a war zone. Yeah, and I think um, obviously that is something which is something I was attracted to about the documentary in general is the the politics of it. Like she was called like the first political pop star and all this sort of thing. And I think that is a bit, mm. what's the word? It's a bit singular. I think lots of other pop stars have done political shit. But all of MIA's stuff is very activist focused. Aside from like the sound of it, which is very much drawing from lots of different music cultures all all over the world, which is something I also strive to do. And mm. to me, what I really kind of liked about the documentary was that it was very much, because it was originally like envisioned as a tour documentary by the label, but it was directed by like a friend of MIA's from Central St. Martins, I believe, Steve Loveridge, who... Mm did not like the label at all and this film almost got cancelled several times because it just wasn't a tour documentary and it's I think like most of the film is made up of these clips which MIA has filmed herself because she originally wanted to be a documentary filmmaker before she got into music so it was really interesting to see a documentary kind of from the perspective of someone who was thinking about these things but also didn't expect it to happen in the way that it did. So you get to see, I think the fact that she's not credited as a director for this, seeing as most of the footage she filmed herself is insane, but like, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not that crazy of an MIA stan. I'm not going to go send death threats to Steve Loveridge. Please do not go send death threats to him. (laughs) I'm sure he's a lovely man. I'm not aware of any bad things about him. His email address will be in the show. Yeah, his IP address is (laughs) 2.917. I thought... You brought up a really interesting point because I noted that down in the moment where, like, um, her family were saying, you don't have any experience of this. Um, you just have, like, these distant memories and your memory isn't mm. right. And, um, yeah, because I thought I was reading that as, like, a, I don't know, like, joking because I don't, I would see myself, I don't have that kind mm. of perspective. But I did thought think that, um, yeah, that that must have been hard to hear. Absolutely. I think the thing is, when family members, this is maybe also just a Tamil culture or an Asian culture thing in general, is that family members will just roast each other with impunity. So even the things which are, you know how like, when people will make fun of you for things that you don't like about you, or that you're insecure about, Mm. that's kind of the vibe. Which, you know, not to make any generalisations, but at least in my family, (laughs) there's a lot of that. So (laughs) I feel like although what they were saying were true, they weren't doing it to break her down. That's just the difference they saw between each other. Mm. And it is true. She didn't have as much experience. Obviously, she did actually live there for 10 years. So that's very different for me. However, there, there was a separation there. And I think she acknowledges this throughout the film. You don't expect that, I think to go back to your family and they're like, oh, you're not... Because, you know, at the beginning, she's, it does seem like she has, like, the most pinnacle experience of, you know, her father starting the resistance. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was just a really interesting moment. No, I completely agree. And I feel the same way to, like, a much lesser extent when I go back and see my family in... Uh, I, there's a lot of Tamils currently living in Malaysia and Singapore, that sort of area, who moved there before or after the war. And my family is always reckoning on me for not being able to speak Tamil. 
and being like, oh, no, you're just British. Oh, and I'm really? like, hey, whose fault is it? I can't speak Tamil. You you lot didn't teach me. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not on me. That's on you. I was like, free. Yeah. What am I going to do? <laughs> Honestly, I know. We kind of, it's like, it's not the same, but it's like, because I don't speak Welsh. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like, a, yeah, like half my family are like very, very well. So, um yeah, we kind of. I think like we actually don't have much to do with each other because of that. Oh no! It's like this weird split. I know, I know, but you know, that's sectarian as hell. That's terrible. <laughs> so I was going to talk to you about how the film is filmed. Mm. Um, like you say, like it just. I was. It goes back so far, and the fact that she's been filming things, and like her family have been filming things since she was a child. There's a point in the film where she says that the story is already there, and that's what makes her a good storyteller because the story is already there, like fully formed, and she's just gonna tell it. And I think that that, for me, really stuck out in the film because that's how the whole documentary feels. It's like the whole, her whole story is just already there. It just needs putting together. I completely agree. That's like a really good way to analyze it. I think she, because it is just footage of like about her life and so much of her art is about her life, that because of that biographical or like autobiographical element, it's very much the case that she is living her art in a way which I think not well I mean kind of in a pretentious way but also <laughs> in the way that <laughs> I feel like other people aren't if you're a pop star who's making songs which are written by other people for example and you're just doing the same routine every time there's nothing wrong with that like literally all of my like all of my favorite k-pop artists are like that there's no getting around that. Mm. Like they they do not write their own songs a lot of the time. However, it's the connection to the art there is a bit more uh I don't know. Like it's a bit more connected, I think, with artists like MIA and people who really connect their political and social upbringing to that art. Definitely. I I love the all the early um work and watching her like initial processes where she's on what is it like i think they say it's like a 300 dollar keyboard yeah that she's making all this like absolutely otherworldly music on so yeah i thought that was really it's just so from her and i think mm. that if i just looked at if i just saw emma mia i keep nearly saying it right <laughs> <laughs> MRA. Um, <laughs> Men's rights activists. Um, if i just saw mia i wouldn't I guess it's my my view of like pop stars in the music world, which I'm not in. But I wouldn't know that she has made things literally from scratch out of nothing, just with like pure talent. Oh no, absolutely. I think that's the thing that I really enjoy about the film is that despite it being a documentary with like a lot of footage from childhood, which is something I think is more and more accessible for younger people just because we're all living under the digital panopticon and every moment of our lives is filmed. So mm. it was kind of interesting to see that sort of um, biographical take from a time which was just before that. So all of this footage was like very much, I'd say harder to do than today when everyone has a camera in their pocket. So you can mm. see that she was very actively thinking about documentaries and that even when she was like 17. So I think mm. it's very, it's kind of, kind of gives it all this grungy feel to it. And which is <laughs> like this crunchy nineties feel, which I re which I really like, and I think it's the same with the musical instruments because obviously these keyboards are amazing, and like I think you can write sick stuff on it. But if you're starting out as a musician today, and you're not like in a band or something where you have to play an instrument, you'd be 
on like a digital audio workspace like Ableton, like FL Studio. And it's really interesting to see kind of the progression from that, what MIA was doing and how she managed to get all of these insane sounds out of a very, for the time, like low, uh, what's the word? Low price keyboard and like a low, yeah. um, not an upmarket keyboard, basically something which she had saved up for um, or borrowed mm-hmm. from friends. And it's really cool to see kind of like how she was able to predict lots of trends in music, like such as like, I can't, I'm kind of talking about my art here a little bit, but I think like a lot of the sounds of like later hyperpop artists and people mm. like Death Grips are heavily inspired by kind of like the really heavy rap focused vocals um, of MIA. And I can definitely say that every British Tamil currently making music, myself included, is very much influenced by her because she's... Arguably the most famous Tamil worldwide, I reckon, other than maybe Vijay, who's this uh, Tamil film star. So that's yeah, it's so interesting. Like, and her influence, her influence is mm. seen in so many things. And as obviously the film goes on, you see her being dismissed more and more because of her activism. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting to see that link of like, yeah, you can see her influence in so much. But her as a person, it's like, oh, no, we can't have anything to do with you. Sorry, but thanks for all this stuff. 100%. And I think that's what was good about the film was that, I mean, you can even see this in like the production process for the film or the post-production process where it got submitted to a Canadian film festival and MIA's visa got denied entry to the US. So there's a lot of this sort of thing where it's like the art is exists within the world and it kind of reflects upon it which I think is pretty interesting. Also, it's grim that she's not allowed in, but it is what it is. I really enjoy kind of, like, how, like, most of the film is kind of, like, made up of clips of her before fame, before success, where she's just trying, Mm -hmm. she's, like, filming herself, crying on a toilet, smoking a cig, which is honestly the foresight to do Mm -hmm. that, the the fucking one Kyle (laughs) Wave, like, framing of that. That's mad. Like, big respect, big respect for her, her directorial vision there. And... It is just really interesting to see kind of her as a person and it is really about her life. And I know this is very parasocial, but it does feel like we're able to relate to her on like a level which you can't just get from her music, just from the immediacy of the sound and the themes that are there. So that's why I really like this documentary, aside from the whole Mm. personal connection to it. I think like her confidence just blew me away throughout the whole film. A lot of these films, it's very like... You know, oh, I'm I'm nervous. It's the next step. What should I do? I'm tortured eyes. She's literally just like, this is what it is. This is what I'm doing. That's that. It is like very unapologetic. I completely agree, which is a bit overused as a term when referring to artists. But I feel like when you see her interact with other pop stars and other people within the industry later on in the film, towards like the final mm-hmm. third, you kind of see like how she mm-hmm. shut out. So there's obviously the state, man, you know, the state instituted violence upon her of mm. all the trouble that she's had with immigration or just like the state of being racialized as Tamil but mm. aside from that she's also failing to to achieve solidarity with other pop stars and like figureheads of the industry so like for example Oprah like called her a terrorist which is really sad because I like Oprah mm. and then obviously there's the whole issue with like Madonna which they covered quite extensively in the film and it kind of sucks to see mm. this lack of community between them and I feel like it's because she is so unapologetic and she doesn't try and and 
make herself more palatable to Western audiences, which I really appreciate, but obviously that's going to cause some problems. But I'm glad that she caused these problems because she paved the way for everyone else. So it is what it is. Yeah, because I can't think of anyone else who has been, like you say, like that, unapologetic in terms of actual activism. I For, for some reason, hmm. what came to mind um, was live aid for some reason i like put them side by side of like what could be done in terms of like actual activism um no but that's 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 really interesting i have like a really spicy take on live aid because i'm evil really oh my god (laughs) should i say it or go go for it just like come come for bono and that nah but like (laughs) essentially the money they raised was i think like significantly less it was like one tenth of all of the musicians combine that worth. Really? So I'm just like, it's just kind of a money laundering scheme. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever, it's tax write-off purposes, isn't it? How, like, so I, I was like, kind of like, I'm not a huge fan of like charity concerts in general because I'm hypercritical of everything just for that reason. Yeah. But I feel like with MIA, all of her activism has been very focused and genuine yeah so like her activism is very much embedded in her art and in her Mm. you know traveling to these countries and getting harassed in sri lanka and in the u.s for example so she very and as well as she part as you know as well as participating in protests Mm. so i feel like it is distinct from someone who does just have let's say empowerment anthems in their songs which is Mm. all well and good and i love them but there is less perhaps like substance in terms of what are you trying to get out of the music and out of the message but you know what I don't begrudge anyone for just listening to it and being like this is a banger because it is and mm. it's difficult to think about these things because they're not presented to you especially if you're not Sri Lanka Tamil I only know about these things because I am of this mm. ethnicity so I really would not begrudge anyone for not knowing this context but it is there and it is there to pick up on if you do listen and you do consume the art that she creates yeah definitely I just loved how, like, it felt like she was willing to do, like, her career is hers. I don't know how how to say it, because I don't want to say she's willing to, like, ruin her career, because it shouldn't be that. It should be, like, she should be able to draw attention to something. No, but you're right. That's, like, yeah, usually if you see pop stars doing, like, activism in inverted commas, it's, like, to make themselves look better and to, like, make themselves sort of more ingratiated in, like, normal people's lives and, you know, look, I'm so good. Yeah, Kylie Jenner, Pepsi. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I just thought it was so brilliant to see someone who's like, no, 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 this is just more important. And you see her get punished for it, which I think is what is important because I feel like any genuine political sentiment or action is gonna make some people upset because you're challenging some sort of step like status quo so wherever that's going to be represented you're going to upset people not to be in a fucking like ricky gervais oh if you've got to be offended you know like, it's my right to offend people because that's just like an excuse for like hate speech right so fuck that yeah however there is some element of speaking truth to power i think yeah honestly it was i, I was really like blown away by how like something that's like this is just more important and we should all be talking about this because i thought that um the interview that stuck out to me was that um is he called bill oh yeah bill yeah yeah yeah. that was like infuriating and we only get to see a couple of a couple of seconds really and i was already like oh my god how 
fucking patronizing. Absolutely. And like dismissive were people of her. I was shocked by 100%. that. 100%. And I actually saw this interview before I saw the documentary because I was just like following it mm. at the time. I saw it when I was like 14 or something like a, a long time ago. And mm. I actually sampled this interview twice in two different songs away from because <laughs> I was just like, it's so good at like expressing what I want to express, which is uh, in that particular case, just the complete mm. failure to take someone seriously about something which is very serious and the refusal to engage with any level of responsibility re- relating to the conditions mm. which currently exist. And I'm not saying like, you know, white guilt or anything. I'm just saying in terms of mm. the lack of understanding of how you as a global nation affect the world and how you're presenting these minorities mm. in the only time a Tamil has really been on, what's the word, late night TV, at least for that time. Definitely. I think it's, because it, near the beginning of the film as well, she talks about, like, uh, when she's meeting her friend, um, who she met mm. on MySpace, and she's saying that people don't talk about being an immigrant because it's, is it, what's the word mm. she uses? Is it embarrassing she uses? I think so, yeah. She uses like a word that I just didn't, you know, didn't expect because obviously she, her and other artists like her at the time were paving a way. Mm, absolutely. For bringing their stories to the forefront. Nah, like if you look at like artists like Priyanka Chopra, sorry, not Priyanka Chopra, oh my God. <laughs> That's <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick Jones's wife. No, um, who was I going to say? Oh, oh Priyanka and Joy Crooks and artists like that. And there's so many other artists who make being um, an immigrant central to that art, or at least a part of that art. Pasalu as well. He's a mm. really amazing artist from the Gambia, and he lives in Coventry, and that's a huge part of kind of like his music, his like sound. Like, I love him. He's great. He's sick. But yeah, I would say that back, at least in the British music charts, because people have always been making this music. Immigrants have always been making these music. But mm. it was really not broken through into the mainstream at this time at least you did have ethnic minority representation in the british charts but there was less of the british immigrant experience specifically because that just did not get the presence that it now has and that really is down to mia in my opinion that's brilliant i feel like ashamed myself that i've just had no idea it is it is what it is like i think lots of like pop stars and musicians do have this political bent mm. because obviously the history of popular music since the 70s really has aligned itself with politics. I'd say left-wing politics as a whole. Obviously, there is a huge amount of variation to that. Like, those Nazi black metal guys yeah, left yeah. off them. But it is what it is. Yeah. So I do think there is, like, a strong... I hate overusing the word punk, but a strong kind of counterculture element to popular music which has persisted it's interesting you use that word because i think i've been looking for that word when i was watching the documentary it does feel like true Mm. punk and that's what's interesting you know when people start to criticize her lifestyle now like she is successful for sure for sure i think now things are a little bit different just because it's just been so long and she has said various controversial things and her husband has done various controversial things allegedly allegedly Mm. so it's the case where I can not endorse her saying one particular thing, but the entirety yeah. of her story and her art is still something which I think is important to access for anyone. Definitely. I think that's it. It's just this film, I guess, like stands as like a monument 
to that time and what she did at that time. 100%. It's a snapshot of just, like, like it says, the last 20 years of her life. And I think it's really interesting and kind of validating to see that she did come from, like, a similar place that I did, a similar kind of upbringing, and she did kind of achieve all the success. So I guess to an extent it's wish fulfillment. Maybe that's why I like this film. <laughs> I'm just vicariously living through it. That's kind of sad. I apologise, uh, MIA, it's my bad. <laughs> no, I think it's, that's what, I mean, that's what films are there for, especially documentaries. Yeah. It's like, mm. it's life. I think that's all my questions. So is there anything else that you would like to say about the film? I really enjoy interviewing people and doing documentary stuff in general, like for my YouTube and TikTok. I swear I'm not trying to work in a plug. This is genuinely someone that No, honestly, say. plug as much as nah, you want. Nah. I'm going to be putting everything in the show notes. No, nah, I feel bad. No, sorry. No, go for it. <laughs> but this is definitely something that I really enjoy doing. I really love people like Z-Way. Uh, so just that sort of interview yeah. documentary style is something that I'm very attracted to. So to see mm. a musician who I also look up to in that respect also have this passion for documentaries and filmmaking and I think that's reflected very much in the film was why I felt this really resonated with me that's all I have to say thank you for having me so much oh no thank you so much for doing this I've really really appreciated having you on it's been brilliant thanks so much a huge thank you to HTML Jones for giving your time and your insights to this podcast Make sure that you check out HTML Jones's podcast. It is so funny. Like, I've never seen a podcast like it. It's so sort of, like, lo-fi and has so much heart to it. They are such a funny interviewer, so do go check that out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, of course. I will also link to some of the artists that HTML Jones has mentioned in this interview. And now comes time for me to ask for your kindness and support. If you could like and subscribe or whatever kind of terminology they are using on the platform that you're listening on, that would be very much appreciated. We've got lots of exciting episodes coming up. So I would really appreciate you staying in touch. And if you've enjoyed this, share it on your socials. Do we still use the word socials? I don't know. But I would really, really appreciate you spreading the word if you feel like it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you have a wonderful day.